This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Wow, 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 wow. Look at you tonight. That's so exciting to see all of you. I'm going to say that backwards. Wow. <laughs> well, man, you're looking good. Packed out, Clovis. Thank you for coming tonight. Celebration, so good to see you. Um, just as your pastor, I can't stress enough what that does to my heart and what that does to the heart of our leadership and our staff, that you would care enough to recognize that God is saying something and God is doing something and that you put every excuse aside, you put your flesh aside, you took on the evil one, and you said, no, I'm going to church. We welcome you tonight. We welcome you tonight. And I want to look in these cameras because we have a celebration of Selena's joining us in this service. Come on, give it up for celebration of Selena's. I know you're down there, and they're going to, they right now have connected in a live moment with us. And uh, we're just excited about what God is getting ready to do in this moment as he releases a word, some help, some understanding that's going to help chart the course of this year. Uh, let me just say a few things, and we're going to get busy because we got to get out of here because your pastor's hungry. So I'm hungry. Anybody else hungry? <laughs> so, so I'm on assignment, and there's things we must do. But my intention is not to keep you a minute past. A minute past once God says, I'm done. We're, we're out of here. So we are out of here, and I'm the first one out of the parking lot. You can find me in the in and out hamburger drive through line. Come on, double-double, animal style. I don't know. Anybody else hungry with me? Come on, you could. I mean, I mean, everything was looking like a steak. Everything was looking. Everything was looking like food. Uh, if you've never done that, and, uh, and just thank you to all the fasters of whatever you did in that, 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 uh, in that arena uh, I do know that, you know, a lot of you are new and you don't understand that. And, uh, but I'm telling you, there is so, so much spiritual help that comes through the spiritual dynamic that God has given us, kind of a lost uh, idea and truth in the, in the modern-day church. But uh, I'm telling you, there is uh, there's a power through fasting. Our lives will never be the same. Let me, let me say this also is that, um, there's just certain times I'm more on assignment. Sometimes I'm just pastoring, I'm just teaching, just declaring. And then there's other times I feel a, a weight on me. And, uh, and God has done that through the 25 years of ministry. And there's times that I feel like I just really have a word that's going to direct the course uh, of our lives. And so, so I'm just asking you, I'm, I'm, I'm on assignment. I, I know exactly what I need to do, exactly what I need to say. And I know exactly how we need to close out this service. And so I'm asking you, if all possible, if you just stay with us to the very end, because there's something really specific that I believe God wants us to do 
as the family of God, celebration together as we just, uh, we mark this year with the favor of Almighty God. Again, yeah, go ahead this evening. Uh, by the way, I, I, I need some rowdy people tonight. Any rowdy people? Come on, where's my Madeira rowdy people? Any? Wow, hey, come on. Oh, we love you. That's awesome. How about any Fresno, rowdy, stirred up, loving Jesus? Come on, look at there. Wow, I know there's some Clovis rowdy people. And Salinas, if you listen real loud, I mean, you listen real good, you're going to hear them shout all the way from Salinas. Some rowdy people down there in Salinas, I'm telling you, rowdy people, rowdy, rowdy people. We, we need some rowdy people. I love when you help me preach, and this be one of those kinds of messages that you can, you can help me. Now, we're going to take a significant offering at the end, and so you can prepare that, whatever's in your heart to do that, but... But, but again, we're going to do that at the very end of service, so we're not going to do that right now. I'm going to jump right into the Word, and we're going to get busy, and uh, we're going to find out what God is saying to us tonight. But let me say it just one more time so that you know, you have pleased my heart, you have made my night, you have made my year by being here tonight. Thank you, family of celebration, for being in church tonight. How many of you were here uh, Sunday at one of our campuses? You were here Sunday? I don't know why I asked you to raise your hands. I can't see a person out there with these lights. But, <laughs> but, but uh, we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna touch on a few things that we, we said Sunday on Sunday, but we can't nearly go through it all. And so I would encourage you to get the podcast of, of one of the services, and uh, we're just going to hook up. And we're going to move forward, and we're going to talk about the year I see. We're in a series, and uh, we're going to be in a series all month long. I encourage you to be back on these weekends because we're going to talk about specifically the church that, that, that we see and things like that. So all month long, it's just going to be powerful. But I'm, I started last Sunday talking about the, the year I see and specifically some, th- some things that God has put in my heart. Uh, actually, uh, weeks, uh, about a month and a half ago, concerning 2018. So let's begin tonight. Are you ready? Yes. I- I'm ready. I told you I'm hungry, so I'm ready to get into this. Come on, are you locked in? So, so let me pray. Father, I pray tonight that we'd have laser-like focus in this place. God, we're here. Hallelujah. We're here on assignment. God, we're all here on assignment. God, we're not looking to waste anybody's time, but God, we're desperate. We're hungry, Lord, for you to do what only you can do in our lives. God, so many here in this building and there in Salinas, God, they're they're dealing with with life-size problems. And God, they need some real answers. And I pray, God, that you would use me in such a way to help people tonight. I pray, God, that you would reveal yourself, that you would, that you would, God, manifest yourself in these, these, these facilities tonight. I pray that you'd manifest yourself in the hearts of men and women. 
God, that, that our lives would never be the same, that we'd be changed. I pray, God, for a tangible presence of Almighty God. God, I pray there be no distance in these cameras. That, God, what's going on right here in Clovis is happening right there in Salinas. God, I thank you that this is a life-changing moment. And our eyes are up on you. We put aside the distractions. We put aside the cares. We, we put aside the worries. And we put aside what time it is and what we got to do tomorrow. And God, we're, we're focused. Our eyes are upon you. And Lord, we're not going to we're not gonna. We're not gonna use our technology to scroll through what's going on. We're we're gonna, we're gonna focus on you. And all God's people said, amen. "Amen and amen." All right. All right. Psalms chapter thirty, verse five. If you was here this last weekend, this was kind of our launching. Uh, platform that we use, the verse that we use to launch what we're talking about. Notice what the psalmist says here. He says, but his, but his, that's speaking of God's, favor is for life. Say that with me. Say favor is for life. Come on, let's say it again. Say favor is for life. You can shout it much louder. Shout, favor is for life. Now, notice this. I don't know if you've ever seen this verse before, recognize this, recognize this verse. But, but, but the Bible says that God's favor is for life. And then it goes on. Most of us know this part of the verse. Crying may last for a night, but joy comes with a new day. But joy comes with a new day. How, how many of you need a new day? Come on. Is anybody believing, expecting, desiring a new day. What is God saying in this verse? God is saying that you might start off weeping. You might start off crying. You might start off with grief. You might start off with sorrow. But God's favor or with God's favor, there is always, hear it, a new day. With God's favor, there's always a new day. Now, we said this last Sunday, and let, let's just get caught up to speed here, that this year will not be a year that's struggle-free. Now, I know, I know you don't like to hear that, but we need to face the year realistically. And much of the time, too much of the church has unrealistic expectations concerning a new year. We think, well, well, maybe this is my year that I'm not going to have any struggle or any problems. And, and we taught you Sunday that that's not Bible, that's, that's magic. There's no such thing as you being a breathing person on earth and not encounter struggle. Even Jesus himself said it himself that in this life, stuff is going to happen. There's going to be, there's going to be frustrations. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be issues that you have to deal with. But, but, but this is what we understand. This year, therefore, will not be struggle-free because success does not come without struggle. Did you hear that? Success does not come without struggle. The truth is, if God wants to get something to you, there's a devil coming to try to take it away. And that's where the struggle is. But I want you to hear it tonight at all our locations. God has made something available. Here at Salinas. 
Hear it close. God has made something available that can get you through whatever you're facing in life. There is, here it is, there is a favor for life. There's a favor to get you through the struggle. There is a favor to get you through the disappointment. There is a favor to get you through the challenges of life. Listen, in 2018, there is a favor that can bring you into joy. Crying may last for a night, but joy comes with the new day. God is saying there is a favor for life. Listen, life is not life without God's favor. That's a huge statement. Life is not life without God's favor. You're going to need favor for life. You're going to need it when you're young. You're going to need it when you're old. Come on, are you with me? You need it when uh, uh, when you're single. And we all know you need it when you're married. Right? Can I get a witness in here tonight? We, 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 we know you need it when you're raising good kids, and you need it when you're raising rebellious kids, right? Come on, we, that's the point. God has given us a favor for life. Come on, you might come in here weeping. You might come in here grieving, but if you ever tap into the favor of God, it'll bring you into a new day. It'll bring some joy into your life. Again, here's the good news for us in 2018 concerning favor because we need it for life. In Luke 4, 18 through 21, it says the spirit of the Lord. Now, now let me just give you the background here. Jesus has just spent 40 days of prayer and fasting, and now he's entering into his, his, his earthly ministry at the age of 30. Are you all okay? There's just some background. Come on, we're, we're getting somewhere tonight. And so Jesus comes to church. He comes into the temple. They hand him the book of Isaiah. He finds in the book of Isaiah where it is written. We're getting ready to read this. Remember now, this is the very first thing Jesus does in his earthly ministry. The very first thing that he's going to talk about in his earthly ministry after 40 days of prayer and fasting, hello, I'm hungry, is that Jesus is going to talk about favor. Come on, fasters. Anybody excited about some of that? Don't you think, don't you think for a moment that fasting has not brought you into a moment of God's favor upon your life? So the first thing he's going to talk about is favor. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to the prisoners, you are set free. Now notice he says this, I have come to share the message of Jubilee. The message of Jubilee. For the time of God's great acceptance has what? Begun. If somebody shout begun. After he read this, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the minister, and sat down. Everyone, this is awesome, stared at Jesus, wondering what he was about to say. I wonder what Jesus is getting ready to say. I I wish we knew what Jesus said back then. How many of you know how to know what Jesus said? This is exciting because the Bible tells us what Jesus said. Then he added these, he says, then he added 
Then he added these scriptures. This is what he said. Because they're all, they're all waiting for this moment. They're all staring. These scriptures, Jesus says, these scriptures came true today in front of you. These scriptures came true today that they've been reading this for thousands of years. And Jesus reads it and he says this, today these scriptures have come true. So what is the message of Jubilee? Because this is the very thing that Jesus wants to talk about in his earthly ministry. He says, I've come to tell you or to share or to proclaim the message of Jubilee. If you was here this last weekend, you've heard this. But Jubilee was considered a year of God's favor. That, that's what it meant. When he said, I, I'm come to, to declare the message of Jubilee. Well, Jubilee, what he was saying is he says, I'm, I'm, I'm here to declare the year of God's favor. You see, most people don't know this, but in the Old Testament, God had established every 50 years that God's people would experience a Jubilee. Now, Jubilee simply meant that everything that had been lost in their life is getting ready to be restored. Jubilee meant that all debts were forgiven, all debts were canceled. Jubilee meant that your lost property and land was coming right back to you. Jubilee meant that those who were in prison were getting ready to be set free. Jubilee meant that families would be restored, relationships would be restored. Jubilee was simply the opportunity to start all over again. It was a chance for a new beginning. It was a point of hope. And Jesus says, I've come to proclaim the message of Jubilee. I've come to declare to you that all things are getting ready to come back to you. That you're going to get a brand new beginning. You're going to get a brand new start. Relationships are going to be restored. Uh, uh, there's going to be an increase of provision and prosperity in your, li- your life. Debts are going to be canceled supernaturally. Jesus says the first thing that he wants to talk about is he wants to talk about this message of Jubilee. Now, now catch this. Every 50 years, God's people were given a reset button. Can you imagine, and I've talked about this, but I'm, I'm just in this world right now. Can you imagine what that must have been for these people? That every 50 years, that the, the, the debts were canceled, that the lands came back in, in, in full restoration to their life. Can you imagine the excitement, the anticipation, the joy that people must have had as their calendars got close to that 50th year? Can you imagine that 49th year? Just hold on, baby. It's all going to be all right. I know we're in debt. I know we've lost everything, but Jubilee is coming. Can, can you imagine the night before? I mean, you're a mess. It's like winning the lotto for some of you. That, that, that once that, 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 that calendar changes, all your problems go away. That is what Jubilee was all about. And it happened every 50 years. But now Jesus comes. I hear this celebration. Here, this is so important. Jesus comes and redefines Jubilee for them. Jesus shows up in the flesh some 2,000 years ago in that church service, and this is what he says. He says, I've come to change your calendars. I've come to announce that Jubilee is no longer every 50 years, 
But from this point forward, because it begins today, Jubilee is this year. And when it gets to be next year, it'll be this year. So what he was saying, he says, is that Jubilee is this year and Jubilee will be every single year. This, this, this is a promise given by Jesus for the New Testament church called the church age or the dispensation of grace. That's the reason why other translations translate it like this instead of Jubilee. And the NIV says, Jesus said, I've been sent to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year of the Lord's favor. What does that mean? God has promised you that restoration can come to your life. God has promised you that what has been lost, you can get it back. Come on. God is promising you a reset button that you can start all over again. He's not, oh, come on, somebody. The, the, one translation says in Luke 14, he says, he, God, sent me Jesus to tell of the time. Notice it's not a year now. It's a time when men can receive favor with God. We are stepping into a brand new year. And I'm just telling you, it's a year of God's favor. Every year is supposed to be a year of God's favor. But if you're not releasing faith for the favor, you'll never see the favor. So that's the reason why it's so important that we're here tonight on assignment to get some faith in our hearts. To get some belief in our hearts that it doesn't have to be this way anymore. Because this is our year of jubilee. Things are going to be restored this year. Come on, debts are getting ready to be canceled this year. Increase, prosperity, six, oh. Success like you've never seen it before. Why? Because you're going to start believing in what God has proclaimed. The same anointing upon him to proclaim that the blind eyes can open. Listen, that, that the prisoners can be set free is the same anointing he's declaring into your life. It's jubilee time. It's jubilee time. It's jubilee time. What I like about this passage and what gets me stirred up as a preacher is that Jesus declares jubilee. Now, you got to remember, they had to be going bananas because they're not like all of you that's never experienced a jubilee. They knew what jubilee was all about. So they're hearing that, and now they are just beside. You mean we don't got to wait 49 years? Wow! This is like winning the lotto every day. If we could just get the, the church excited. If we could just get them believing that the Word of God is true. Come on, if we just act like the Word of God is true. We start acting like the Word of God is true. You, no telling what God might do in this place tonight. Here's what I like. Jesus says, I've come to change all your calendars. You never have to figure it out again. Every year is a jubilee year. We don't need to ask God, God, what's, what, what you doing this year? I'm here to tell you, it's Jubilee. Every year is a Jubilee year. And then Jesus declares that to them, says that there's a new calendar. He hands back the scroll and he goes and he sits down and everybody's looking at him because they're wondering what he's getting ready to say. And then he says, and it begins today. Other translation says today, 
this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You know what Jesus was really saying? He was saying to them and he was saying to you, it's on. Jubilee is on. I like it's on. Come on, it's on. Restoration is on. Healing is on. Deliverance is on. Come on, it's on. Somebody shout, it's on. Come on, shout it again. Shout, it's on. I'm here to tell you, God's favor is on right now. It's on right now. Let me give you, again, the definitions. I've already preached myself happy. I could send you home right now, but we're getting ready to get to the meat of it. Let me give you the definitions because some of you aren't excited yet because you don't know what favor is all about. What is favor? We said it this way. We defined it like this. It is a distinguishing advantage of God's goodness. It is a distinguishing advantage of God's goodness. God is saying that's what you can have this year. The favor of God is God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. God can do more in a moment with his favor that you could never do with a lifetime of labor. Did you hear that? Some of us are working, working. I'm here to tell you, God can do more in a moment with his favor than you could ever spend doing a lifetime of labor. The favor of God can take a nobody and make them a somebody in a moment. Hello, Alabama, second-string quarterback, national championship, a nobody, second-string, and now he is a somebody. Don't tell me God can't take a nobody and make them a somebody in a moment. Come on, any football lovers out? Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? You thought your preacher only reads the Bible. No, I watch football games. Titans. <laughs> really? <laughs> I guess the Niners aren't in it, huh? Hmm. The favor of God. <laughs> the favor of God removes limitations. That's what God's saying to you this year. The favor of God opens doors of opportunity. Come on, that's what God's getting ready to do for you this year. The favor of God turns situations around. Come on, somebody. God's getting ready to do it this year. God's favor makes things possible. Here's another definition of God's favor. The favor of God is God's goodness displayed on a person's life in such a way that only God can get the credit. Man. (laughs) Have you ever seen that person? Like I said, like I said this past weekend, it's like, I mean, it's like, you know, they're not that talented. You know, they're not that gifted and you absolutely know they're not that smart. I mean, they're not the sharpest knife in the drawer. You know, their elevator doesn't go always to the top floor. I mean, it's obvious that it is the favor of almighty God and it's available to you this year. Come on, it's happening this year. Somebody shout, it's on. on. Come on, shout again, it's on. on. Now, here's an important part of this message, and it's what we are focusing on all year long, is understanding that favor is not a one-time event. 
Favor is not where something just happens suddenly in your life. God's favor is not just not just one, uh, one sudden event, but you grow in favor. You increase in favor. Say it again. You grow in favor. It, it's not a sudden event. I was kind of raised in church. Where we just thought that, that, that in a moment, all of a sudden, suddenly, you just get all the favor of God. No, favor grows. Favor increases. Peter, in his epistle, talks about this. He says that, that favor is added. He says that favor can be multiplied. One place in his epistle, he says that you'll be full of the favor of God. Well, if you can be full of the favor, you can be empty of the favor too. We understand that in the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus, the Bible says that the angel said to her that you are highly favored. Well, if you can be highly favored, you can be lowly favor. The point is such an important point, and you're going to see why tonight, is that favor grows. Uh, favor can be increased. Favor can be multiplied. Favor can be added. It, it said of this, the, the, the boy Samuel in 1 Samuel 2, 26, it says, and the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. Notice he grew in favor with God and People instead of Jesus in Luke 2.52, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Notice that Jesus grew in favor. It didn't just happen suddenly in his life. All of a sudden, he just woke up and it had, no, he grew in favor. If Jesus grew in favor, then we're going to have to grow in favor. Uh, just a side note here. Notice that they grew in favor with God and man. We, we need to grow in favor with God and man because we understand that favor comes from God, but it always comes through people. So if you don't like people, you're in a mess because God's getting ready to use people to change your position. God's going to bring relationships. Hear me tonight. God's going to bring relationships into your life this year that's going to change your life in a moment of time. When God, when God is getting ready to bring favor in your life, he'll do it through connections. He'll do it through relationships. You need to get your heart open to relationships. That's the reason why we're big around here and becoming the family. That's the reason why we're big around here and stirring you up to get involved in groups. We've got to do this thing together because favor flows through relationships. And I heard the Lord speak to me today as I was driving on my way here to the church service to tell the people that this is going to be a, be a year that God is bringing new relationships into your life. And it's going to change your life in a moment. Favor, the favor that that relation. Here, let me say it like I heard it. The Lord is bringing significant relationships. You better be on the lookout. I'm here to tell you, it's on this year. God is getting, for, for, for those that can believe it. God is bringing significant relationships into your life that in a moment it's going to change your life forever. Come on, has anybody received that? Come on, shout it out loud. Say, God, I need favor. Say, I need favor with you and I need favor with people. So here's the point. We grow, we increase in favor. 
Well, if you grow in favor, if you increase in favor, then what is it that I need to do that I can get this growing, growing on, that I can, I can start seeing this increased in my life? And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you three things, three things, and then a conclusion, and then we're going to go eat. Three things you can, you can do to grow in the favor of God. That was my, that was my, that was, that was, that was all free of charge. That was a review for those that weren't here on Sunday. Right now, we're going to give you three things that you can do to grow in the favor of God. Because I declare that 2018 is the year you grow in favor. Here's the first one. The first thing you need to do is expect God's favor. Expect God's favor. You grow in favor when you expect God's favor. You grow in favor when you expect God's favor. Now, listen, this might sound simple. It's just because we've, we've worked hard to make it simple. But this is huge. Don't sidestep this. This is exactly what you're here for tonight, to hear this. Because if you're going to grow in favor this year, you're going to need to start expecting favor this year. Here's what I'm talking about. You need to frame your world with favor. You need to frame your world with favor. You need to be looking for God's favor. You need to be believing for God's favor. You need to be expecting God's favor. You need to be a favor finder. Um, The truth of the matter is, favor is all around you if you'll start looking for it. Because he said it's on. It's it's on. Jesus sat down. He he said it's on. Favor is all around you if you'll start looking for it. Isn't it amazing? That, 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 that how it is when, when you're like, in, you know, in the market for a new car uh, and uh, you, you go get that car or you, you're interested in that car, that when you're in the market for that car, you're more prone to see that car everywhere you go. <laughs> has, that, has that ever happened to anybody? It's like, I, I thought I bought the only Jeep on the planet Earth, the face of the Earth. We bought a Jeep. We thought we had the only Jeep on the only red Jeep on planet Earth. And we got that Jeep and all these dumbfounded. If, 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 if you don't even have to go hardly a half a mile and there's another Jeep and there's another Jeep and there's a Jeep just like your Jeep. Why? Because when you're looking for something, when you're looking for it, when you're expecting it, you're prone to see it. It's not that there's more of them, but all of a sudden, you start seeing what was there because you're looking for it. This is how it is with favor. When you're in the market for it, when you're looking for it, when you're expecting it, you're going to find it. Why? Because you get what you're looking for. So many people And we're guilty of this in the church. It shouldn't be like this in the church. So many people are allowing their world to be framed by disappointment, by discouragement, and by defeat. Why? Because they're looking for it. 
you know, something bad will happen in their life, and they'll, they'll say this, well, well, that's just the story of my life. Um, you know, they'll get a flat tire, and they'll say, well, that's just the story of my, my life, because they framed their whole world by, by, by disappointments. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll get passed up for promotion, and they'll say, well, you know, it's just the story of my life. I never, I never get any breaks. It's just the story of my life. My, my husband never treats me right. Just a story of my, my life. It's because that's what you have framed your world with. You, you see the world through a negative lens. Nobody, ev- nobody ever wants to date me. It's just a story of my life. Quit saying that. Take a shower. Clean up. Especially around the holidays, I don't know if it happened with you, but, man, these pants are a little tight. <laughs> Just a story of my life. It's kind of the language of, the, of people, right? Well, the toilet overflowed. Story of my life. Well, if, if your story is always disappointment, if every time we talk to you and your story is always discouragement and defeat, first of all, can I just help you? People don't really want to hear it. But if that's your story, if that really is your story, you need to change your story. Come on. You need a new story. You, you need a story that is scripted by the favor of God. You need a script called the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Come on. Because this script will tell you that you're more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody. That if God be for me, then who can be against me? Come on. This script will tell you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on. If you look at this script, you'll find out that my God shall supply all my needs. I know it's tough right now. I know it's difficult right now. But my God shall supply. Come on. Some of you need to change your story. Listen, it's in the struggle, it's in the pain, it's in the crisis that you have to frame your world with the expectation. Can, can, I, can I let you in on something? Everybody else has problems too. Everybody else has struggles too. Everybody else has crap in their life too. So what you need to do instead of just looking for an ear to tell your struggles is you need a new script. You need to frame your world with the favor of almighty God. You got to look at those problems. We all got them. We got to look at those problems and know and expect that God is working all things together. It might not feel good. Listen, it may not look good, but my God is working all things together for the good of them that love him and that are called by his. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Come on, tap your neighbor. Somebody's got to help me preach that. Tap your neighbor and say, you need to change your story. Now, that person you didn't want to talk to tonight, look at them now. They're sitting right back. Tell them, you need to change your story. Tell them, you've got an ugly story. You've got a sad story. You've got a discouraged story. I was already discouraged. You just made me more discouraged. You need a new story. 
We shouldn't be coming to church sharing our negative stories. We should be pumping each other up in faith. Saying, hey, if God be for us, who can be against us? Come on, we're going to charge the atmosphere. We're going to frame our world with the favor of Almighty God. Yeah, it might be tough. It might be difficult. But my God is working all things together for the good of them that love him. Why is this so important? Because of this verse right here. Matthew 9, 29. You will have what your faith expects. You will have what your faith expects. The Bible talks about a people of expectation, Luke three fifteen. Now, the people were filled with expectation. Notice what this translation is, the English Bible, the English Bible. Notice what it says of the same verse, same people. The people were on the tiptoe of expectation. They were on the tiptoe of expectation. And guess what happened with these people? It was this expectation that the Bible tells us that the promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit was declared. It was actually in the atmosphere of expectation. It was in, it, it came to a people who were on their, their tiptoes looking for God's favor that gave opportunity for God to release his promise. We need to, we need to understand if God is going to do something in our lives, he looks for a people on their tiptoes. He looks for a people in expectation. I need to tell somebody tonight, it's time for you to get on your tiptoes. It's time for you to get in expectation. It's tiptoe time. It's time to get up on your tiptoes with great anticipation, great expectation, looking for God's favor. It's tiptoe time, church. Salinas, it's tiptoe time. Come on, come on. Clovis. Fresno, Madeira, it's tiptoe time. Come on. I wonder if it's happening now. I wonder if it's happening over there. I wonder, oh, the phone rang. It must be happening right there. Oh, somebody knocked on the door. You know what happens now? We get a phone call. We did all, we all get all tense. Somebody knocks on the door. Oh, dear Jesus, they're coming to take me to prison. We need to get on our tiptoes and frame our world. I wonder what good thing is getting ready to happen right now. Come on, it's tiptoe time. Come on, somebody shout, it's tiptoe time. If you want to grow in favor, then you've got to start expecting the favor. Here's number two. Number two is you've got to recognize God's favor. First of all, you've got to expect it. Second of all, you've got to recognize God's favor. You grow in favor when you recognize God's favor. Here's what I'm talking about. You have to open your eyes to it. So simple, because we as preachers make it simple, but this is difficult. Don't miss this. If, if, if you want to grow in the favor of God, you've got to be willing and able to open your eyes to it. It'll do you no good to expect favor if you don't know what it looks like when it shows up. Are you with me? I recently heard this story about a dad who took his son about the age of eight to a professional basketball game. 
they had some seats that were right on the court. And so it was before the game ever started that they were sitting in the seats courtside that Michael Jordan comes walking in and greets them. Now, the dad understands this is Michael Jordan. <laughs> this, is, this is the greatest basketball player of all times. And, 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 and not maybe just the greatest basketball players of all time, maybe the greatest athletes of all time. And he's greeting him, and he's greeting his, his eight-year-old boy, and he's shocked. And, and then Michael Jordan go, goes ahead and walks on. And, and so the dad gets down on his knees, and he looks at his son in his eyes. He says, son, do you realize who that is? That is Michael Jordan. Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all times. And his son with big saucer eyes looks at his dad and says, Dad, can we go get some popcorn now? <laughs> Listen to me tonight. It's possible for greatness to be staring you in the eyes and you, know, you don't even care or you don't even recognize it. I wonder how many times God has brought something so significant, something so great, something that could change our lives, but we're so focused on something so silly. This almost happened to my wife. We, we were young. I mean, a lot younger than what we were now, but, 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 but we went to a church camp and, 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 uh, you know, I didn't know her, and she didn't know me, and I seen her from a distance. I said, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a beautiful, beautiful woman, a well, beautiful girl, I guess is what it was, because she was very young at the time. And, and so I set my gaze upon her, and I thought, now that one's going to be mine. I'm going to hunt her down, and I'm going to catch her, and I'm going to make her my trophy. This is a church camp. It's supposed to be about God. For me, it was about, it was about finding my wife. Now, mind you, I'm only 16 years old. She's probably 14. Young. So I set up an appointment at the church grounds there, or the campground, for somebody to ask her if she would meet me on the basketball court so that we could begin to build this relationship to marriage. Well, sure enough, I'm... I'm down at the basketball court, and she comes down to the basketball court, and there she is, and there I am, and, and, and we had never talked, never met, and here's our moment in time. I mean, there's a couple hundred kids up there, and, and this is the one for me. This is my future. This is my destiny. This is my wife, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I looked at her, and she looked at me like I was crazy. And I looked into those blue eyes, and I said, do you have a dog? That was my line. That, that was my pickup line. That's all I had. I was scared spitless. I didn't know how to pick up a girl. I just, I, I was confused. And, well, it didn't go over so big, and she... She takes off, and she doesn't want anything to do with me until the next day when she's seen my athletic ability. <laughs> it was game on. You see, she was dating a turkey farmer at that time, a, tur a turkey farmer, <laughs> a turkey 
Now, I like turkeys once a year, but can you imagine living with a turkey for your life? I saved my wife from a turkey farmer. She came to her right senses. She came to her right senses, and she realized that greatness was standing right in front. She almost missed it. She almost didn't recognize it. And I'm here to tell you, some of you aren't recognizing the favor of God because you're not looking for it. A lot of times, people don't recognize favor because it doesn't look like favor. Are you still with me? Come on, I'm not quite done. I've got some business here. A lot of times people don't recognize favor because it doesn't look like favor. It could be that some of you are not recognizing favor because you're looking, hear this statement, because you're looking for favor for your convenience and not for God's purpose. I just said a mouthful there. There's so many people that aren't growing in favor because you're looking for favor for your convenience instead of favor for your God-given purpose. Those are two different things. And as long as you're looking for favor for your convenience, you're going to be really miserable this year. You need to start recognizing the favor of God for your purpose. Favor isn't always convenient. Favor isn't always enjoyable. Favor doesn't always make life easier. Sure quiet in this church. How many of you want it now? Not a person. We just shut the favor, desire down. See, see, that's what we think. Favor, well, it's going to be, it's going to make my life more convenient. It's going to make it more, it's going to make it easier. And so we're looking for the wrong thing. That's the reason why we're not seeing it. I'm here to tell you, favor is everywhere if you can see it. So sometimes favor doesn't look like favor. The Bible says, let, let me help you out. You'll, you'll hear what I'm saying. The Bible says that Noah found favor. Noah found favor. And you know what happens next? He spends 100 years building a boat while people are laughing at him and making fun of him. That was not convenient. Abraham found favor, the Bible says. And then God told him to leave everything behind, head out to a land that he didn't even know where he was going. That, that's not easy. That's not easy just to pack it up and head out. But, but God said, that's favor. Joseph, Joseph had God's favor. Remember, God put a coat of favor on him. And guess what happens next? His brothers hate him. His brothers throw him into a pit, sold him into slavery. He gets falsely accused of rape and then thrown in prison. That's not easy. That's not convenient. In fact, 13 years of inconvenience, and he had the favor of God on his life. Moses found favor. God makes him a pastor. Over 200 million people who are some of the most rebellious, complaining, hard-hearted people. That's not easy, but that's favor. Come on. Nehemiah found favor, the Bible says, and guess what happens? God made him quit his government job. Dear God, I don't want any favor. Leave that favor alone. He had to quit his government job, go out and rebuild the ruins of Jerusalem. And, and he tells him, and you're going to have to 
fight enemies that you've never had. In fact, you're going to have to work with one hand and you're going to have a sword in another hand the whole time while you're building because you're going to have to fight. That doesn't sound convenient. That doesn't sound easy. But the Bible says God's favor was upon his life. Could, could, could favor be looking you straight in the eyes and you not even see what favor is? You've been resisting it. You've been pushing it back. Well, Mary was highly favored. We all know this one, right? She's highly favored. And what comes next? She's pregnant with God's baby. How do you tell people that? She's having a baby out of wedlock, and now she has to convince everybody around here that God did it. That's not easy. That's, did I lose you? You still want favor? See, we look, oh, yeah, favor, and all my problems are going to go away. Favor is not always convenient. Favor is not always easy. It's a tremendous point. But here's what you understand. Yet in all of these who were favored by God, although it wasn't convenient and although it wasn't easy, they recognized God's favor and they became extremely blessed and they are the people that we read about in the Bible that shapes our lives today. Come on, somebody needs to give the Lord a hand for people who can recognize the favor of God. Favor is in front of you every day. And if you'll recognize it and grow in it, you would absolutely be shocked what it could do to your life. You ready for number three? Number three, we're almost there. What was the first one? Let me, let me just say it again. How do we grow in favor, number one? That was a little weak. I can preach this all over again if we need to. So how do we grow in God's favor? Number one, we? Number two, we? All right, we're getting there. Number three, here's what we do. Number three, here's how we grow in God's favor. Respond to God's favor. Respond to God's favor. Worship team, you can join me. Respond to God's favor. I need to expect it. I need to recognize it. Come on, if we're going to grow in favor this year, we need to expect it. We need to recognize it. And then we must respond to it. You grow in favor when you respond to God's favor. Does you no good to expect God's favor, to recognize favor, if you don't respond to God's favor? Here's what I'm talking about. Let's make it really simple. You need to give yourself to obedience. You need to give yourself to obedience. The word that all of us hate, it's not even a four-letter word, but we treat it like a four-letter word. But if you're going to grow in the favor of God this year, you're going to have to give yourself to obedience. Proverbs 14.9 says an obedient life is a favored life. L let me remind you of this truth again. We, we've said, we said this over the weekend. And stay with me because we're, we're, 
We're getting to the important stuff here, the application stuff. I taught you this past weekend that you can achieve or earn God's favor, but you do position yourself to receive it. You, you can't earn it. You can't achieve it. But, but as Christ followers, we might, if we're going to have it, we've got to position ourselves to receive it. And I use this example, and I'm going to use it again, because I think it paints the picture that we need to see. Uh, my, my father had a stroke uh, several years ago. Up to that point, he was a very healthy man, very strong man, uh, a hard worker, spent most of his life working very, very hard. And this stroke just really took his life away. It took his life as we know it. And uh, he's, he's really a different person. And the stroke has affected him to the degree that pretty much all he does now is he, he stays in bed. Uh, it's, 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 he, he don't have the strength. He'll tell you, I just, I just don't have the strength to get up. I, I'm just weak. I, and so his, his place is he'll stay in bed. And so when I go over there to visit him, I have to go back to his bedroom and, and I'll visit him while he's laying in bed. And... Uh, but what happens and what takes place is every morning of every week, my mom will get up, and being the great mom and the great wife that she is, she'll fix him a breakfast, uh, typically a, maybe a, a, a breakfast sandwich, something like that, and she'll, she'll, she'll go through all the effort and, and do all the work, and she'll, she'll prepare his breakfast, and then she'll put it on the table. And then she'll say, Harold, your, your, breakfast, is, your breakfast is ready. And then without fail, my dad will say, bring it to me in bed. <laughs> because he wants to stay in bed and eat his breakfast. Which then my mom will say to him, if you want your breakfast, get your butt out of bed and come to the table. And so what he does is he finds a way out of bed and he positions himself at the table to experience the wonderful breakfast that my mom has prepared. And that's exactly like it is with God's favor. You don't earn it. You can't achieve it. You just position yourself for it. But here's what's wrong with the modern-day church. We want to lay in bed and say, God, bring it to me. And God isn't bringing it to you. He says, you get your butt out of bed if you want my favor and come to the table. Aren't we like that? We, we want the favor. You know, we went, we went, God bless me, but I don't want to tithe. I don't want to bring a dime of every dollar. God, God, God prosper my life, but I don't want to give offerings. God restore my relationships, but... But I don't want to release the offense. Quiet, quiet in this casino tonight. We, we want to just lay in bed. We want all the privileges. We want all the benefits. We want all the perks. We want all the favor. And we want God just to bring it to us. And God has already prepared it all for you. A favor for life. And all he needs you to do is position yourself for it. Come on, say, this year, I'm going to position myself 
for the favor of God. Let me say it this way. God's favor provides you with opportunities and your obedience positions you to seize it. We'll say it again. God's favor provides you with opportunities and your obedience positions you to seize it. Come on, we're getting close. We're getting close now. But don't turn me off. As I was thinking about this point, I began to think of my own life. Because I can look back on my life and see that it's been the steps of positioning myself through obedience that I'm walking in what I'm walking today. At the age of 28, I was very frustrated with my life. And uh, I was trying to figure out, God, what am I going to do with my life? I'd already been in ministry and, and been, in, been in business world, doing business, and, and just really frustrated, struggling with the calling of God on my life. And I'm married at that time because, remember, I married my wife at the age of 12. Remember, remember. So, so I'm married at that time. <laughs> We've got three kids, young kids at the age of 28. Come on, you still with me? Come on, you still with me? And... and and uh, so I'm seeking God, and God puts it in my heart that I was supposed to go back to school, to Bible school, and, and that he wanted me to leave the state of California and go all the way to the state of Oklahoma. And, uh, and he put that in my heart. Now, now, we had a choice to make. Are we going to obey? Are we going to take the step of obedience, or are we just going to do it our own way? And and uh, that was tough. That, that was difficult. Can I say it wasn't easy? It wasn't convenient. But you know what we did? Loaded up our kids, my beautiful, sexy wife. And we took off to Oklahoma, left family, left friends, everything we knew. We didn't know anybody out there. We got ourselves an apartment, had no money, had no job. Signed up for Bible school, and it came on. I have to feed kids. I have no money. In fact, we only had like $200 when we got there, and my van, Wally Wagon, my van broke down on the side of the road, the, the, the expressway there in, in Oklahoma. We called a tow truck, and it took every bit of my money just to get that van fixed. I had no more money. We were broke. We had an apartment because my parents paid to, to get us in the apartment, but it's game on. So, so, so here we go. It wasn't convenient. It wasn't easy. And it was tough. It was, it was difficult. Week after week, month after month, we got jobs and got, our, got one nostril above water and, and just, just, just obeying God, just, obeying, just a 28-year-old kid, gone back to school, looking ridiculous, going to school, working a newspaper route. That's the job I had, throwing newspapers in the afternoon and at evening, sometimes all night long, going to school, throwing newspapers, knocking on the doors, saying, hey, uh, uh, you didn't pay your paper bill. And, and, the, and the kid would say, mama, the, the paper boy's here. I'm a 28-year-old man. I'm not a boy. <laughs> Struggling with my identity. Struggling with my purpose, struggling with how am I going to feed my kids? How am I going to be the hero to my wife? But we're obedient. We're doing what God says to do. We didn't look successful. We didn't look like we had favor on our life. And then after two years, of, and we graduate from there. And so we're asked, God, what do you want us to do next? 
Where do you want us to go? Certainly, God, Oregon or Washington. That's where the animals are, God. I need to go to Washington, Oregon, so I can shoot me a deer. That's where I want to go, Lord. I forgot I'm in California. God says, you're not going to Washington, Oregon. You're going to go to California. And you're going to the city in, a, in the valley where it's hotter than hell. He says, I want you to go to the northwest side of Fresno, and I want you to start a church. I'm at the age of 30. We didn't have money when we got to Oklahoma, and we certainly didn't have money now. So what do we do? We load up the Wally wagon again and load up all of our stuff. And we, we come to the northwest side of Fresno. That's all I knew to do. Didn't have a job, didn't know anybody in the city. Just had a word. Never lived here before. I grew up in the Santa Cruz area where all the hippies were. I'm a hippie at heart. I was excited when they passed that new, new law that weed is legal. I just kid, just kidding. Just trying to keep your attention. We're almost done. Come on, I know you're hungry, but we're almost done. We, we, we got a house, didn't have no money for a house. Parent, my mom and dad came through again, rented me a house. Thank God for my mom and dad. This church wouldn't be here without my mom and my dad. My, my dad can sleep the rest of his life away. I'm grateful and I'm thankful for that man that helped launch and birth what God is doing. So, so God said, go to, so here we are, and we get a house, and guess what we did? We started a church. How do you do that? I don't know how you do that. You just do it. God said to do it. We're going to do it. So we just started having Bible studies. I ran into some people. I finally got a job. I invited my boss to come. He brought his, his, his shack-in girlfriend. They all came. We, we were just having it on Wednesday. And then I said, you know what? We ought to just go ahead and do this on Sunday. We're having church in our house on Wednesday and Sunday. And then it got ridiculous. It wasn't easy. It wasn't, it, 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 it was, it was difficult. We start, we'd have a refrigerator. We had no money for a refrigerator. We're, we're living out of ice chest, having church in our living room. But little by little, people begin to come. And all of a sudden, we're looking like a cult. Because there's too many people coming to my house and my neighbors are concerned. So God says, go get a building. Well, how are you going to get a building? You don't have much money. So we go looking for a building. We find a building. We find a, a landlord that's willing to rent it month to month. That's all we could do. We, could, we, couldn't, have, we couldn't sign a, a lease. We just did. And we, we got into that building. It wasn't easy. It wasn't con convenient. <laughs> we set out chairs. Like 150 chairs, 200 chairs. And I spend every Sunday morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, praying over every chair. God, fill this chair. Oh, God, fill this chair. Because, because when you have 50 people in a home, that's, that's a lot of people. But 50 people in a building where you have 200 chairs, that, that's going to be a little empty. God, fill this chair. God, fill this chair. God, fill this chair. God, fill this chair. Well, well, the rest is history. I could go, I could talk to you about my story all night long. The rest is history. God's favor blew this church up. We have three locations. We've impacted thousands of people since 1992. What is that? 
That's the favor of God. How do you do that? It's a step of obedience. 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 I just give here, and I do here, and I believe here, and I expect here. It's just one step. It's just one step. Some of you need to take a step this year. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. You're just, listen, I believe some of you in this room, you're just one step away from a mind-blowing moment of favor touching your life. Somebody shout, I'm just a step away. You might be closer than you think. Because so many of you, I look at you eyeball to eyeball, and you've been taking the steps. You've been doing the steps, and you're wondering why it hasn't come. Don't be discouraged. Do not be deceived. Frame your world with favor. Come on, expect the favor of God. Know what it looks like and take step after step after step and watch God turn your year of 2018 into the greatest year you've ever experienced in your life. Shout yes. Can I just share one more thing that caught my attention in scriptures? You remember David? He's a teenager. Don't, don't leave. We're getting ready to close out. I promise you. It's game over. Come on. You won. Game over. David is just a teenager. David's, David's brothers are, are on the battlefield, battle lines, and David's dad says, David, I want, you to take, I want you to take this food and take it to your brothers. They need to be fed. The Bible says that David took... He took the food from his dad, and he did what his dad said to do, except he ran to the battle lines. He ran to the battle lines. As a teenager, he runs to the battle line, and when David runs to the battlefield, he then hears the defying giant mocking God's people. In fact, when David shows up there, the Bible says, David looked at him and says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And the rest is history. One of the most famous stories throughout the Bible, David kills Goliath. He's only like 15, 16 years old and becomes the national hero and eventually becomes the king. Listen to me. And it all started with a running response to do something simple. It all started when David took off running in obedience, doing what his dad told him to do. And he went from obscurity to notoriety because he ran in obedience. Some of you have been taking steps, and you're closer than you've ever been. But some of you need to start running like you've never ran before. And God is getting ready to take you. <laughs> Come on, Salinas. I hope you're getting this. God's getting ready to take you from obscurity to notoriety. Because when God says do it, 
you know what? You have that running spirit in your heart and says, bless God. If God says to give, I'm going to give. If God says to love my wife like Christ loves the church, I'm going to love my wife. Whatever he says to do, I've got a running, obedient spirit. I'm telling you, you get that in your heart? Don't laugh at it because that's how you're going to grow in the favor of God this year. You might laugh at David, but David ends up running the whole nation. You might laugh at that one that's obeying and running to do what God says to do, but they become the one that's highly favored. And every, can I say it again? You can spend your life in your bed saying, bring it to me, God. Bring it to me, God. Bring it to me, God. Or you can roll back the covers and say, in 2018, bless God, I'm running. I'm running. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I'm running. Whatever God says to do, say it with say, whatever God says to do. I'm not here to debate it. I'm here to obey it. I'm running. Say, I'm running. Come on, this year is your year of Jubilee. It's your year of Jubilee. One last statement. Let me just say it this way. It's the last statement. It's not the end of what I'm saying. If you will follow Jesus, favor will follow you. Some of you... Tonight, the adjustment is being made. You've wasted way too many days of your life chasing too many other things. But tonight, we're going to follow Jesus. We're not going to waste another day, waste another month, waste another year. We're going to follow Jesus. And what's going to happen is favor is going to follow, follow us. When you came in t- tonight, I believe there in Salinas too, you got a wristband. On the wristband, what does it say? The reason why I got you these wristbands is because I believe what I have preached to you in the last uh, two sessions, Sunday and tonight, is the heartbeat of God for your life for 2018. Whether or not it happens for you is still yet to be seen. I got the wristbands because I need, the, I need something in your life to remind you of this moment and how we started this year. It is my hope and my desire that you would wear those or occasionally wear them or, 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 or do something with them that you place where you can see them on a daily basis that can remind you that this is the year you are growing in favor. You're growing in favor. You're growing. The favor is being increased on your life. 
favors being multiplied to you and your family. And the reason why the wristbands are so important is because you need to be reminded. If I ask most of you, what did pastors say about 2017? Most people couldn't even, even tell me. In fact, I, I preached my guts out on Sunday, preached on favor, made it very clear. This is the year of God's favor. This is awesome. This, this is beautiful. This is awesome. And I went out, circled back around, and I seen some of our staff, two awesome women of God. I mean, this church wouldn't even hardly be here if it wasn't for their involvement. And I looked at them because I was so passionate and so stirred up about what I just preached. It was after two services of preaching at the favor of God. I said, I looked at them eyeball to eyeball. I said, hey, what is God saying this year? And they looked at me dumbfounded. <laughs> and one of them says, well, I'll fix this. And they came up with the old Christian cliche, cliche saying, well, he's, he's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ever ask or think. I said, really? I just spent two hours preaching on the favor of God, and that's what you got. Listen, they were taking a smoke break. I totally understand it. I'm really joking about all that. It did happen, but I'm joking. But here's my point. The Bible says, the Bible says that God made promise to the children of Israel in the Old Testament, and the promise never benefited their life because they never mixed faith with it. I, I'm so desperate that this moment doesn't get away from us. This year, I need you to do your part. Our part is to have faith, to have faith that God is growing us a favor. If you're not expecting it, if you're not recognizing it, if you're, not, if, if, you're, if you're not responding to it, you're not going to grow in it. My prayer is that this would be a reminder because God wants to grow you in favor. How many of you got that? That's just some homework. Tonight as we go, or before we go, because we're going to still receive an offering, but I'm going to ask to make a favor declaration, and then we're going to receive an offering. We're going to go. I really feel this, this declaration is important. I feel like the Lord put this in my heart. I wrote this declara declaration out of Sunday's message and this message, and I felt like God was saying, this is how you close Wednesday night. So here in Clovis, there in Salinas, we're going to say this together. We're going to make declaration. The Bible says, you shall declare a thing, and it shall be Establish. Are you ready? Come on, are you ready? I need you to shout it loud and clear as we go through it. This is our declaration for this year. Say this, say this with me. Say, I declare from this moment forward that I see myself the way God sees me. I am highly favored. I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus, therefore God's favor surrounds me like a shield. I have distinguishing advantage of God's goodness in my life. God doesn't just love me. God likes me. I'm growing in the favor of God. I'm growing in favor with people. I'm expecting God's favor.
I'm recognizing God's favor. I'm responding to God's favor. Now in Jesus' name, I declare by faith that I walk in divine favor. God's favor's on my life. God's favor on my life is opening new doors of opportunity. God's favor in my life is turning situations around. God's favor in my life is removing limitations and hindrances. God's favor in my life is making things possible. God is doing for me what I cannot do for myself. Because of God's favor in my life, I have a satisfied life. I'm enjoying life. Because of God's favor in my life, I'm experiencing great victories. Battles are being won that I do not have to fight. Because of God's favor in my life, restoration is happening in every area of my life. Because of God's favor in my life, I'm I'm increasing in resources. I'm prosperous and successful. Because of God's favor in my life, I'm healthy and strong. I am blessed and highly favor the Lord. This is my time. This is my time of God's favor on my life. Therefore, my life will never be the same, never the same, never the same, never the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Thank you.